you guys doing? I'm having my tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my lemon grass tea, uh, inspired by you, Ishelle. Oh, <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, right. We had that like literally every morning during our trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> Yeah. What really reminds me of you guys is the Palo Santo. So I have that every single day, like lately. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. about to turn mine on. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. So for those of you guys tuning in, we are having just a, a nice chat here with Georgie, with Ricky, Viviana, and uh, we're talking about our trip to Amsterdam that we had already like a month ago, right? It's been a month. Yep. Wow. So yeah, we've had all this time to to integrate all that happened and some of us are still integrating and you know <laughs> but it was amazing and uh, I just want to share a little bit of a background of how that trip came about because it wasn't really planned away ahead of time. It just kind of happened. Um and as most of you know, uh, I had this moment where I was kind of saying, "Oh yeah, I'm just doing my own thing. I don't want to be part part of any group, any community. I think it's important to come back to center." And yeah, for those of you following me around that that time, that was like maybe around April or so. There was a time where I was even not on Instagram. So, so yeah, um, when we have these moments of really coming back to ourselves, it, I think that's it's good because it, it helps us realize what types of energies or people, um, whatever it is that is really meant for us, it will always be there somehow. And I found myself still talking to certain people. Um, for example, how this trip was planned was because I talked to Viviana just randomly. One time she responded something in a story or something like that. And we ended up talking about this trip that she was organizing with Georgie and Ricky and other people. And I'm like, oh, wow, that, that sounds great. I, I kind of want to just, you know, say hi, maybe because it's not that far away from France. You know, Amsterdam is not that far. So she's like, yeah, you know, like, let's just let's plan and let's see. Uh, maybe you can stay with us and everything. So I was like, am I really doing this? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Like, I have never met them in, in real life before. And uh, it could be risky, you know, for me. It's like I had just come back from Egypt as well where the experience wasn't so great in general. I'm still processing all that stuff. But um, yeah, I was thinking, well, you know what? Feeling into this, I think this is going to be a really nice experience. So yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's, you know, stay at an Airbnb for a whole week with people I've never met in my entire life. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isabel, and the amazing thing was I wasn't even normally checking my, my stories, you know, like on Instagram, you see like five stories. And I used to check the first maybe six or so, but not like, you know, swipe. And then that day I was feeling like, okay, I feel I have to, to look for something. And then I saw your your story and I was like, oh, Michelle. And like we <laughs> haven't talked for literally four months or so, I feel, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, and then I just had this inspiration to invite you. And it was all so spontaneous. I love it. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, um, you kind of just know certain things that you have to talk to certain people or you just get these nudges right and um but you really got to be uh just I guess open to receiving the, these messages because yeah when we're just you know kind of going on uh, I guess autopilot all the time and we're not practicing mindfulness for example um you're not really aware of these little nudges you know much and I can say it for myself that I used to be 
you know, completely just focus too much on the future or the past. And so, you know, you're not present. So now that I feel like I've gotten a better knack at like um, getting yeah, the, my self-centered and, and focused on what I'm doing in the moment, it's like, oh, you kind of go like, oh, I, I kind of want to say this to this person or I want to go in and um, see that what this person is doing on, on Instagram or whatnot. So yeah, just, you know, to say, uh, really listen to those signals, especially if they keep coming back. You know, sometimes we like having confirmation. It's like when we see red flags, it's like, oh, I see it. Uh, let's see it. Let's get a flag that's a little more red than that, you know, like, <laughs> so it goes both ways, right? But, but yeah, just, you know, pay attention to, to those things. And so, yeah, after that, we planned the trip and it, it just, just kind of flowed pretty naturally. I don't know. I, for me, everything was just perfect. I can't say, oh, there's a moment where I just was like, oh, I don't want to be here. Never, like ever. I would love for you guys to share your experience. And then we're also going to talk about uh, the feeling, which I know you guys are probably intrigued because I've been posting things about this. And so we're like, what, what is this? Like, what is this really? You know? So, all right, let's do um, the round table that we were talking about. Right, Georgie? Like yeah. each one of us. Yeah. Starting with? With you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, who's going to be the brave one? Yeah, for me, um, wow, it was a very interesting experience, unexpected in some ways. And even though I didn't have expectations, um, I was questioning and I was like, oh, maybe I have some hidden expectations. Maybe I do have some expectations, but I don't allow myself to acknowledge those. Um, but right until I had the flight, I realized I didn't have any expectations. So it was a very interesting situation to be in. And probably for the first time in this lifetime where I entered a specific space with no expectation, I had such a open perspective. And for me, I wasn't even sure if I'm going to come eventually because I was still oscillating between is this a good idea or maybe not or is this a good time for me or maybe not or maybe i should uh, get some rest and hibernate and start early earlier my hibernation or should i actually take this leap and and go it was very interesting just before probably like a week or two weeks before the trip i was i was convinced that yes i'm definitely going and then suddenly i i wasn't sure anymore and um I had a lot of events happening in my life. My my dog transitioned and I had my dog for 13 years and two months. And she was a very important being in my life. Um, she taught me a lot of things and she was such a companion for me. And I only realized the magnitude of what she meant in my life right at the end. So that was happening. Then I had a completely new um, setting for my life. Um, after years of being in the UK, I came back home in my hometown and all these recalibration to this place. It was kind of like walking in mud or <laughs> concrete at times. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it was it was a quite difficult time for me. Um, I definitely had heavy episodes of depression 
And when we met in the Netherlands, <laughs> the surprise was that somehow, and through all these times so, since um, early this year, I really did inner child work. I started to really go into my childhood, working with my inner child, holding myself, my younger parts. And um, I noticed how this inner child can be very uh, mischievous at times or kind of like throwing a tantrum or like, I want it now and I want it. And it was very interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting to kind of have this um, experience and then I, I i i met you guys in amsterdam and my one big surprise was that i really allowed this inner child to come to the surface and i was worried because i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna go there and i maybe i'm still processing a lot of things and i'm not sure i want to talk too much and i probably am gonna sit in a corner and just like observe but i i want to be involved at the same time like i want to be part of it and i don't want everybody else to think i'm some sort of like flower in a pot or some sort of vegetable <laughs> vegetable <laughs> being in your presence is shell and of course rikana uh, rikana <laughs> ricky and rikana are also very funny and entertaining but being in your presence and experiencing your laughter in person for me it was an amazing medicine and i cracked open and the entire time i was just that's how i felt inside like a little child kind of like um playing around and exploring and giggling and like being silly and I missed so much these parts of me. Um, they are long f forgotten. And I used to be like that a lot, but somehow, Aww. yeah. Oh, like, that really warms my heart, like seriously. Back seat. But now it was just this revival of my inner child and slowly, slowly, it's almost like in that kind of week or six days, whatever it was, um, in that week, I kind of like transitioned from this inner child expression and I, I went back to my adult, but I went back into my adult with like more joy. Um, so that was really beautiful. Um, other things that I really, um, they really impacted me was how it felt for us to be together. And it felt that at times we didn't even needed a specific topic to discuss. It was like always an interaction there's always a co-creation there was always insights like coming through and i experienced personally like a lot of things being amplified like maybe um some shadows as well but also like different different um perspectives or ways of expanding the consciousness that not, they're not always very easy to touch by myself so I, my experience was that our fields, our consciousnesses, our the way we interacted for sure kind of like sparked or catalyzed some processes within myself. Um, they were really, really interesting. And I'm not going to go necessarily into the depths of the, those because that's going to be like a three hour long podcast only about that. But I really loved the, the sense of... Um, communion it was even more than community it was the sense of communion like 
to really be in the physical and really see somebody and really follow the the micro expression of the face and feel somebody's warmth and like hug somebody and hear the voice not through a device and actually in the physical so all of these things um yeah they were like very beautiful for me to experience because i um felt the connection also i felt the love and that love that is not forced that love that is just like naturally in the space and like freely in the space and it was just yeah like the atmosphere was created by these um feelings i guess <laughs> the feeling <laughs> so it was like you know when when there's um there's humidity in the atmosphere and kind of like get a little bit denser where like there's like fogginess outside but it's not necessarily it was not that feeling it was the feeling that the air was charged and that's this discharge was the feeling of communion and it was the love and it was the laughter and it was um and the way we even were able to navigate um like the the uh, logistics stuff like what are we going to eat where are we going to go like are we going to go to this event or not like um yeah it felt like it was very easy to move through these things and even if somebody was tired or it's like oh i don't want to be outside whatever it might be we really quickly harmonized and we were able to move through these things um nicely so probably there are a lot of other things but these are two main things uh, my personal experience that was like very unexpected and then it was really really beautiful to feel this grounded love this this grounded natural wisdom that was shared in the space and to see that who i felt close to in real life is no different like for me it was like you were exactly all of you they were exactly like how i felt or how i imagined so that was a confirmation that what i actually feel is very very accurate and i can count on what i'm feeling and it was so beautifully expressed in the space um wow so can i interrupt you real quick because that's when i was when you were saying about harmonizing and it's like oh somebody doesn't feel like doing something but we quickly harmonize i was thinking about the moment when you're like no i don't want pizza and we're like come on George. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh get, get, guess what i'm still talking to the lady <laughs> <laughs> so give us the give us the backstory because people probably want to hear more about this <laughs> maybe, maybe ricky will say the story I, yeah ricky can you tell the story you're probably yeah you're probably the one to say this um <laughs> so like whenever i go to trips i usually feel like i ground myself in the present i kind of feel um the probability of me going to a trip in a specific time and so the time arrived for that, for this trip. And I remember invite, like just openly sharing on our group, hey, I'm gonna be on an exploratory mission in Amsterdam doing some stuff um, for a week. If you guys wanna meet me there, this is our debates that I'm gonna be there. And you know, everybody started talking and we finally got a group together and everybody went there. But um, whenever I go to my trips, I, I go very, like the only structure that I set for my trips is 
how do I move the time frames that those um, uh, trains or whatever are open and when I can take it and stuff like that and where I eat. So that's, that's the only thing that I control on my trip. So like, it's not like non-negotiables, but it's, it's something that I want to have already known before I go. So I, so I kind of know where I'm heading in that, in that direction, whenever the time comes. But um, uh, I was handling the, the food scenario, right? Um, and <laughs> I remember I was like, yo, let's go to this uh, vegan place that makes pizzas. It kind of, you know, feels kind of good. And, you know, we were in the cold. We, we walked like half an hour this way and then half an hour the other way. And finally, we're at a, a, a shout out to Massimo's or Massimo's, something like that in Amsterdam. And we're in the place. We go in, we start looking at the menu and all of a sudden Georgie is like, ah, no, I don't want pizza or something <laughs> like that. I'm not vibing with the place. I don't know. This, that and the other. And, and she kind of like walks out and, you know, everybody was like, the, the, I see that we could alchemize stuff based on everybody's needs because we were all in a space of like kind of allowing each other to manifest and however we needed to manifest. And then from there, taking like a congruent, um, logical group decision to to do whatever we wanted to do and so i remember that that day excel was handling the gps because i don't have self-service over there so i was like okay let's go to either this one or this one and she i don't know she like picked one and we arrived at the pizza place randomly and then georgie's like no let's go to the other place and whenever we pull up the other place it was closed so you know obviously there's no coincidence that Ixchel put the actual place that was open. And so Georgie's like, whatever, whatever, let's just go and, and eat the pizza. And I'm like, oh, I want this one and I want this one. And we kind of like got a, a pizza that was, you know, the, the 32 slice or whatever it is, half and half. Half was vegetable and something else. And the other half had mushrooms. <laughs> and then you know the pizza arrives and georgie goes for the for the first slice of the mushroom pizza and she has a bite and, and all of a sudden there's this silence and she goes oh my god oh my god wow <laughs> and starts bawling out on that slice of pizza like like heaven basically <laughs> um and yeah this is no you know um no Illuminati stuff here, but um, <laughs> yeah, she was just going crazy about the slice of pizza. And all of a sudden we we're just like enjoying this amazing lunch or dinner or something after, after that. So it was, it was really funny because Georgie was like for like three minutes. Yeah, that, that's not all it. That's not it. Like the, go for whole, it. the whole point was like, I left the pizza place to go across the street to see like what they have in the menu. And then I had this like, no, nah, just like Georgie, just don't be difficult. More. Like, okay, I understand you're in your, in your child right now, but it's not always like your way. <laughs> it's like, okay, sorry. So then I thought, like, you know what? We're here. Uh, pizza is not actually a bad idea. It, what it scared me, it, it was the fact that I had like loads of ingredients on on each pizza. I only eat plain pizza, just like. Uh, oh yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah. exactly like either normal like I, I don't eat pizza and when i eat every three months i will have just a simple pizza 
and I was like oh my gosh like all of these stuff like I don't know if I can do all of this these things and then anyhow this happened but because it was so good like that pizza the place is called Mastino whoever goes to Amsterdam you gotta go to Mastino pizza is the best I yeah. ever had probably not the best in the world maybe it is we don't know but it definitely it's definitely worth trying so mm. what happened is like we're eating that half and half and then i was like there's absolutely no way i'm going to be satisfied just with two slices of pizza so i went and i ordered another mushroom pizza yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was another funny thing here at this pizza place um <laughs> i remember ishelle put her phone or what what did you hide in your head you put your phone on their shelves and they had this this uh um jars with uh tomato sauce and <laughs> and then at some point viviana came and she was like oh my gosh like who 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 made this mess here it's like and put you slide the phone a little bit and then rearrange the tomato jars and then two minutes later right at the end ricky's like oh my god these are not perfectly straight <laughs> so he, went to them, he rearranged the tomato jars and then we had like this thing like everywhere we go everything has to be like very well harmonized <laughs> I know. I yeah. I kind of remember that. And then there was like the moment with like the we had the, the you know the little llama that you got me. He was yeah. there too. He was eating pizza as well. Like he was everywhere. And <laughs> I yet have to edit a short video of like Dante and the llama moments. But yeah, <laughs> well, that was a really nice moment because that was the place where we first met in Amsterdam. We were there already, and you came. And next door it was this health store and i go into the health store because that was not the pizza the pizza place no that was the first place yeah yeah, yeah this is the first place it's not the pizza place but the story of dante and the llama is from me walking to this health store because i have this little obsession with them and i'd really like to go in and check them out and see what products they have and what new minerals are on the market whatever and always to buy chocolate and i got in i got some licorice salty licorice absolutely phenomenal and then walking around in some section that i had nothing to do with i saw this little basket with this like animals little animals and i don't know how it's called that thing um and i saw this baby llama and i was like oh my gosh there's a llama and i bought it <laughs> and i went i gave it to each other i was like oh hey we have a we have a friend here with us you know you cannot escape the llama and basically it's an egg like uh some sort of animal you put on top of the egg to make the to keep the egg warm but i didn't know that i just thought it's just some random animal made in guatemala um and then yeah dantian the llama appeared in the space and was with us like for the entire adventure it ended up on Ishio's head at some point on her butt. <laughs> yeah yeah and why did we decide to name him Dantian I guess it's because we were talking about the energy centers or something right yeah, yeah. yeah we were talking about Nigong and the lower Dantian and then mm. was, yeah and the cactus was also really interesting in the middle of Amsterdam you looked so Mexican there or I don't know it's like as if we were like yeah time traveling oh yeah that's true I sat like right next to a cactus that's true yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that was really funny 
Uh, so Georgie, did you want to add anything else to your experience? Because I, oh, I mean, I, I can, I can, something, something always comes to me, but I will, um, I will stay here on the side observing and create space for somebody else to come. Okay. Who wants to go next? Well, I can go and finish and finish my part. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> What was the question again? Well, just share how you felt during the trip. You know, like it's like uh, in school. It's like, what was the question again, teacher? <laughs> um, how did I feel on the trip? <clears throat> felt good. Um, it felt really. <laughs> Are you laughing? <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I mute myself because I'm always <laughs> laughing. So. <laughs> So, oh yeah, go ahead. But overall, the the trip felt good. Um, I remember organizing it, and like, Georgie is like, "Oh, this person and that person, this person and that person, this person and that person." I was like, "Georgie, wait, you know, I don't mind a group of twenty people, but like, first time, let's do like eight, seven, not not like forty. Um, but you know, we we kind of like met at that hotel we were staying the first day, and that was kind of like all flow from there to the end, basically. I just remembered um, whenever I'm in groups, I try to like get into my my observer type neutral mode that I can like see who, what, you know, where is Excel coming from? Where's Georgie coming from? Where's Viviana coming from? Where is, where is everybody like coming from? It's like a thing that I do to see where everybody is at and how we could all go to a similar place depending on the decisions that we wanted to like walk through here or see this or eat that. And it was, it was very easy in the sense of like how we were all allowing each other to, in a sense, be genuine, share what we needed to share, say if we wanted to go here or if we want, didn't want to go here and then consider like different possibilities of doing or not doing. So for me, it was, it was a cool experience. I've experienced that before, but obviously not, not meeting anybody um in the person and just you know first day or so getting to do all that in 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 tandem or in like synchronicity or or in symphony it was it was it was nice um which kind of like goes back into the actual purpose of the of the call which is the feeling right because whenever you tap into that that space you kind of you can't see the flow who's not flowing where is that person other flowing and then you can kind of like see like a, a proper direction for for everybody to flow towards and it's it's fun to observe all that and then see it without having to put any you know crazy boundaries or or templates to how to do things you could see how everything kind of organized in a way that we all were in benefit and it you know everything was fair and and we were all in the space of respect. And that's very general, but that was the overall um, view of, of my observation of the whole trip. And you know, if, if there was some like, oh, I don't wanna eat pizza or I don't wanna do this, we were kind of like, you know, okay, let's try your part. And then, you know, like Georgie said, you know, you, you can't always have your, your, your part, your inner child said that um you know there's there's that other aspect we also did share um in regards to helping each other 
go towards a place that benefited at all, but also hearing each other's um, requests or needs to see how we could uh, meet them in some way. So I think that was kind of like the overall, my view of the trip in sense. Mm, nice. And you know what? My favorite part with you, Ricky, was when we came up with this uh, superhero in the, in the one of the metro stations or something. Do you remember the name? Gasper Blas. <laughs> yeah, I, I have this thing. Like, I remember um, Georgie saying for the first time, oh, that we call eggplants Orbegeem. And I'm like, you know, my inner child is like, oh, that sounds like a superhero. <laughs> Orbegeem or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then each show we're on the train, and she's like, Oh, Gasper Blast. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a superhero. And she's like, Oh, yeah, it sounds like he throws water. I'm like, No, look at the first three words it's gas. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a whole like, And yeah. in that moment, we saw a rainbow, by the way, so it was really significant. Uh, that was that was after actually, because the thing is, the we saw Gasper Blast like five times after that or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was everywhere. It's like, oh, there it is again. It's, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this is a station in one of the like the metros in, in Amsterdam, the Gasperplatz. <laughs> yeah, and the, oh my gosh, the rainbow was magical because there are no rainbows around here. Like I haven't seen one in a long, long time. So I was like, again, that inner child thing, a rainbow. And I was like <laughs> taking pictures of it. There was a guy next to me like, uh-huh. it's just a rainbow, you know, like. <laughs> that guy was was high as fuck <laughs> it was like yeah we have those a lot here because it's constantly raining and nature was like oh my god <laughs> he probably thought that we were high as fuck too <laughs> yeah he probably thought i was high which yeah it was like she's looking at a rainbow and like what's so exciting about it <laughs> i know <laughs> Yeah, but uh, there was so many fun little moments like that to to remember that I will personally remember forever. So, Viviana, did you want to talk about your experience? <laughs> sure. Somehow this moment comes when you and me were the only one left, Ishel, right? In the in this pub. And then we were sitting in front of the checkerboard thingy. And it was just so strange <laughs> because all week we were really, like super aware and, you know, like cautious where we put our energy and our focus and everything. And then we we're just sitting there and yeah it was such a different situation um but yeah to come back to the beginning i felt like even before the trip i feel through this like last two years and through doing a lot of things online my intuitive sensing of people becomes more and more clear and subtle and as georgie said like i i felt coherence with how i was feeling you before and how i was feeling you when we were meeting because actually Georgie was the only one, um, yeah, from the guys who are here now, um, I've met before in person. And ah, yeah, you had met Georgie, right? But not you hadn't met Ricky. Yes. Yeah, in July I went to Romania. And pre-trip, it was so interesting to see when we were kind of like assembling and planning and everything that yeah the approach of how we want to structure or how we not want to structure this trip and I was actually a bit concerned of like okay how is this going to work out when we're there and then some people really like to have a structure and Ricky said like he's not planning a lot but to make like a document like a like a google document for the trip for me this is planning yeah I yeah, yeah. Well, that, was, that was only transportation and food 
No, it was also the dancing. I'm like, why do you plan dancing? Like, oh yeah. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I like to, you know, I, I don't like to go to trips and spend like half an hour on my phone trying to figure out how to move. Or <laughs> so I, I fully, I, I fully get it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was just um, interesting to see how um, this was your approach, or that's how you not plan plan your trip, and how other people were just like, yeah, we will see when we're there, you know, and how we somehow managed when we were all together to harmonize and to have a group dynamic that's super accepting and yeah as you said alchemizing everyone's needs and really being an individual but also kind of working as a group feel together and yeah it was really beautiful for me and yeah normally I don't really like groups I really um I really came to this like intentional living of really yeah tuning in if I really want to meet someone not just meeting people because I just want to be social or whatever it's more like I I see if this is really aligned or if I really feel like doing this and um yeah it was the first time actually when I was in this kind of group dynamic where I felt like everyone is kind of heard and everyone um is is sharing honestly like of course you need this honesty for yourself first but there were like certain moments where there was some yeah inner child dynamics or so coming up and we were all able to be honest about it and to look at this and this is super beautiful and I just know this extremes of like either there's like this balance or this unbalance into love where like nothing is addressed everything is put under the rug and everyone is just pretending everything's nice <laughs> or the unbalance into wisdom where it's like you con constantly reflect each other and you constantly mirror but there is not this balance of love and I felt we were kind of meeting in the middle which was super beautiful for me Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt the same. I can agree with all that you said. So I guess I'm done sharing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely amplifying like everything when we were meeting, but I felt we were looking after each other and yeah, it was a beautiful healing experience in that way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same. I, I felt the same. And also I, I do have stuff to add, by the way, you know, <laughs> but, you know, based on what you guys said, uh, yes, I agree with everything that, that you said. I felt the same um, in yeah, all dimensions, because even the inner child thing like um, here, you know, I don't really have people that I get along with or anything. So if maybe I can show that in certain posts or when I talk to you guys by message or yeah, you know, on Instagram or whatnot. It, it just here I don't really have that that opportunity so yeah to be physically with you guys and to be able to express that inner child like but live that was just for me it was just amazing and I had missed that I had missed contact with people and and everything and I had been asking like so so when am I gonna meet people around here or somewhere I don't know and I was thinking maybe there's something wrong with me maybe I'm being too picky you know like I just don't like anybody around here <laughs> I can have like short conversations with people just of every day, like how's the weather and this and that, but it's not those deep conversations that I was having with you guys. And I, I really missed that. And um, yeah, because what I would consider deep conversations before has completely changed as well. I had this, this moment in my life as you guys uh, might also uh, have gone through something similar, those of you listening, and I know you guys here as well, it's like everything just falls apart. Uh, uh, you don't have the same friends at all. And you try to reconnect sometimes with certain people, but you just don't have the same interests. And the topics that you used to talk about don't seem as deep anymore, you know? So 
it's like that that was that was you know going on still and I was like okay well let's see how this trip goes and, and like Georgie said I didn't want to have any expectations or anything um and of course everybody has in a way certain expectations we can't just get rid of them but um but then yeah you'd be flexible about them right yeah plan your trip you know like like uh, like Ricky was saying but be open to things changing last minute and uh that's that's what happened right we had certain mm-hmm. things on Mm-hmm. I mean, what we maybe wanted to do, but it wasn't like we were fixed in, in those ideas, right? I think that that was what was cool about about this this whole trip is that nobody was really attached to anything. It's more like, yeah, um, connected. How, what's the phrase? Like you're connected to everything and not attached to anything or something like that. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of what I felt, you know, the, the vibe that I got and um, this engaged detachment, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it's really nice to get together with people who who really uh, understand these concepts and uh, are actually also acting the way that they like, what is the, the phrase like, uh, do as you preach or something, you know, like some people, I feel like you, you see them online and they're doing or saying certain talk. things. <laughs> Sorry? Walk the talk. Yes. I'll talk the walk. <laughs> <laughs> talk the walk. <laughs> yeah so and then you meet them in person and it's like yeah it doesn't really match you know because online it's very easy for people to pretend to be something that they're not so um so yeah but with you guys now it's just you know like like somebody else was saying earlier I forget if it was Georgie or or Ricky it's like or Viviana but anyway I think we all can agree that that it's like yeah as I felt you guys through the phone it, it was magnified you know in person it's, and uh yeah so when you get this this feeling right about somebody even sometimes it's just a message that someone sends you and you don't even know them and sometimes you're like pay attention to the face that you make when you get that message right it's like all right do you feel happy do you feel like there's a heavy energy does it feel you you always feel something right and the first impression is super important for for those of you listening I know you're very intuitive and some of you still have to trust that intuition a little bit more so yeah keep practicing that like how, what was my first impression of this person right so so yeah I mean it's just like a confirmation when you meet people in the physical so that was really nice because because I I have a very difficult time like Viviano was saying with groups with <laughs> when I'm in a team or at, a, at school if I was working on a project with other people it's like that was super difficult for me always and uh so so yeah, it's nice to get together with people who you can actually, yeah, really understand each other and work through even those little difficulties, you know, that you can encounter once in a while, but um, for it to just kind of, yeah, harmonize very easily. Uh, another thing as well is that I was still in a way a little bit like uh, apprehensive or a little bit tense. And I did express that at some point um, because I'm like, I think there's a part of me that's still super scared. Like, this is too good to be true kind of thing, you know, like, <laughs> I think that's mostly what it was. Now thinking back at how I was feeling, it's like, I was coming back from this other trip where I, the experience wasn't so nice. And then like, well, what if it's, it's the same or, or, uh, yeah, I don't know. And so there's still this like, uh, feeling of like, well, should I, or should I not, um, and yeah, so the first couple of days I did feel like my body was really tense still, you know, and I also had to release a lot of things and express a lot of things that I hadn't talked to anyone about because, you know, like I said, I don't really have people around here that I can really trust. And online, I have one or two, three other people besides you guys, but still, you know, it's like, 
yeah, it's not the same as like when you're physically with someone and you can hug them and say, oh, this is how I was feeling, you know, and just cry and release all of that, that energy, those of that, um, it's called the emotions or energy in motion, right? Um, And so, yeah, it felt nice to be able to do that in a safe space. And, and after a while, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like I can be more myself, you know, which, you know, I was never not myself, but still a little bit limiting in, in a way, you know, it's like, yeah, like, uh, and then of course, you know, still, I, I'm pretty sure that if we do yet another trip, we'll discover even more things about each other, you know, so it's not like we know absolutely everything about each other. But, but I did feel like I could say more, you know, that I than I regularly do with people when I first meet them. So, so yeah, that was that was my experience. And uh, I don't know if there's any any other little thing that I wanted to add. But well, you know, if I if I think of something else, uh, I'll add it on later. But but yeah, I mean, my favorite part for sure was the the feeling, the conversation about the feeling for sure. It's a, that was, um, yeah, I can't, I don't even have words for it. Like, I think we were saying this before to it. Like sometimes there are certain things that you just can't really put words to it the way you feel about it. But um, it was just very magical, you know, that, that moment of, um, yeah, everyone just kind of expressing their own, what I was saying is that everybody was kind of uh, expressing their superpower in, in this trip, and especially in the, that moment that we had, so, so yeah, um, I don't know, who else wants to maybe chime in about the, the feeling, and maybe explain to people listening a little bit more, I think, well, you know, Ricky was the one who was, uh, who started talking about it, and calling it the feeling, so, so maybe you could tell us a little bit more, Ricky, about it. How do I feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, we can start with that. Yeah. And then, you know, like, and then what were you feeling in that moment, perhaps when you were explaining to us, like, uh, what the feeling is and what were you doing exactly, you know? And <laughs> um, So I was basically kind of like in, in a medita- meditative state. Um and I was just basically inundated by this overall feeling. But it was like, a if you were to describe it, it would be like a mix of joy, love, care, security, um, trust, <clears throat> like a lot, of, a lot of good things all bundled up together. And like, if I were to describe that feeling was mostly um, the entirety of who we are. And, um, you know, obviously whenever um, we condense into this form, if we don't keep the awareness of this, that we are, whatever it is, right? We're just calling it a feeling. We kind of have to linger between different memories or different states of awareness to to either heal, let go of things and, and reprogram or, or, you know, re reintroduce to ourselves who we really are without the bias of all this conditioning, programming and, and all this culture that we think uh, ourselves as humans in some way. But in general, I was just sitting there and just feeling this overall energy of who I am and I was like guided to to take parts of my body that were in a correct imprint or were in pain or had been in pain and I was basically taking those parts of my body like my low back um I was basically going into that tunnel 
and you know I, I couldn't see much but it was just it if you were to put it it's like it's not a wormhole but it was like a just just like a current you know whenever you look at the ocean and there's this tubes of like water going in a specific direction it felt like that so I was just like put myself in there I took that part of my body and I was like taking it up towards that state or that feeling and I, as soon as I was there I could feel my low back kind of like if we, if, we, if we want to describe it in the form of particles or atoms and stuff like that like like the whole grid of my low back was like conforming and changing to like to like this feeling which is the original imprint that it should carry um and then obviously specific to my body whenever it came back to my body but I was just taking it there and I was just you know telling this part of myself to come back into remembrance into this awareness or into this feeling of who we who we are in general and then I was taking it back into my body and then coming into my body and seeing what else needed to be resolved that I was still holding on to that attachment and that's kind of like where I came with this um, perspective of the the feeling and the idea of how like you know many religions and stuff like that try to define god they try to define this thing that we all are but they you know you can put words use dogma and all this stuff but it's something that is mostly described but a few people actually feel it and whenever you focus on the feeling of it you actually get to understand it you actually get to know it rather than uh, putting concepts in and defining this space because to me in some way like if you can get like a whole book to define this feeling is still limiting to what it is so you know you can get to conceptualize it and it helps other people to understand and maybe to uh, remember this feeling but it, we have to remind ourselves that it's about feeling rather than than knowing because the knowing comes after after we actually get to feel um and so <clears throat> that's kind of how it started mm, yeah and you know I, I was just thinking that for me that the the feeling was present in many moments I mean even maybe maybe throughout the whole trip in a way even yeah. though we weren't necessarily yeah we weren't necessarily focusing too much on it but it was always just kind of there you know like the word that comes to mind like a fuzzy feeling you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when when we started connecting to this and what you were saying I remember like I got super emotional at some point I was looking at you I was like this is so beautiful <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then I was like looking at Georgia and then, yeah it, it was just beautiful too because you guys were talking you and Viviana were talking and I was I was looking at both of you actually and I told you guys you guys look beautiful I don't know if you remember this yeah I had I had to interrupt you. Like I have to interrupt you guys and yeah. tell you this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then and then Georgie was right next to me, so we were just like you know we were hugging, and it was like this whole yeah. Uh, everybody was kind of working on something different, but at the same time we were all connected to that that feeling. Yeah. Hmm. It wow. felt like this group trauma healing, and I've never experienced it before. Like I mean, I've. I'm doing this since years for myself and also maybe like one-on-one -on -one or talking about it, but not like in a group of like a coherent feeling of healing. And this was super special for me as well. 
Oh, yeah. I, I remember the the part when we were talking about the mother wound, you know, that for me was super powerful. It's like we were all healing this part too. And to me, it also felt like it was sending ripples out to the collective, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do feel like there was like this, this wave of a sort of like a healing going on everywhere. And I think it was no coincidence that a lot of us were getting sick or feeling something. And then even people around us started getting sick, right? Who was around us getting sick? People around us, like, yeah, like uh, Kara's dad got sick. Uh, somebody else told me, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I went to the hospital. Yes, sick. Yeah, I'm not right then and there, but I have a feeling if I'm remembering well, Liz was not, was not feeling well the day before she came or yeah. anyway, but right after she also got this symptoms, like this cold symptoms. So yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting for me. It, it took a while to, to hit me, but for sure, um, there was a lot of energy being cleared. Um, and I remember Ricky was saying something about the moms, how, how the mom actually all started with, with you, Michelle, you looked at the phone and said, like, oh, I'm wondering what's the time now for Kara, for Kara, she's getting ready to sleep. And I was like, yeah. oh, baby Kara, I was like, oh. <laughs> and then we started to get emotional thinking of her. And for whatever reason, like I was feeling like this, this child that was there in France, which is your daughter, but equally like aware and like very powerful as as a as a consciousness and somehow i just connected to her thinking that you her mom is sitting in this room with us and she's of course looked after but like her mom is not necessarily in the same space with her and i got emotional about that and suddenly um i remembered that she she was imitating you and she said this thing like anyway <laughs> so i since then i kind of use this this is my mantra whenever i get in a uncomfortable ikiyaki uh space um i somehow diffuse that energetic charge with this like very um very light and very I, I could not even see it's like it's like exactly like that thing like the feeling is not that it's a it's a bypassing or it's not that I'm looking at things and I'm 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 pushing them under a rug like it gives me a certain lightness that I was not able to touch before. So whenever I'm in a in a very difficult situation I, I think about this a mantra from Karen. It's like e -e -e, anyway, <laughs> and it's almost like I'm moving through it, and I'm swimming, and my head is above the water, and I'm not struggling within the currents, kind of thing. Um, so that happened, and then I remember Ricky was saying something. He continued a little bit later on about how the the mums are holding this lifeline this feeling and that that this feeling that the moms are anchoring on the planet is is just a part of it it's not the entire thing it's just part of it but yeah it was a very beautiful deep healing mm -hmm. um, yeah oh yeah thanks for sharing that part yeah 
that yeah that was i think my favorite part of the whole conversation for sure like uh, when we all connected to to that because I, yes it was healing for us healing for like just anybody that was needing that it seemed like to me in, in that moment and yes maybe some people didn't feel it right away but like like you were saying it's like some people got sick after the trip and you know it's like yeah maybe also there's the flu season and stuff yeah of course whatever but at the same time I usually I don't get sick at all anymore like that's weird you know that I had that throat thing going on for a while and it, it's also interesting to me because for me uh one of my biggest challenges coming into this planet was the communication mm-hmm. and that's something that I'm still even working on today of course but um like just thinking about this gets me like really emotional because I used to just I didn't like my voice at all I didn't like listening to recordings of my voice um I thought my voice was ugly it's somebody like I just remember people making fun of me when I was younger you know and so or because I wouldn't speak the language or you know stuff like that so that was like it just these things that keep accumulating it's like but but they're challenges for us to discover that the superpower that's behind that you know that's what I feel so I'm still working on that, right? Like the speech and everything and, and also the slowing down. You know, I used to, this is like slow compared to how I used to speak before. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So I've learned to do that as well. And and I know it's it's a big part of what I'm here to do. So yeah, it, it, I found it, you know, going back to the, the whole throat thing, like it just was super interesting how bad it was hurting and then also my head. Um yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on, like physically, you know, and I do feel like these are manifestations of of, uh, of the stuff that's going on um, in, in terms of the inner work that, that we do. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, on that, but yeah. I actually do, because I'm also tending to speak really fast. And I was like examining this for myself of like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and I, I feel there are like two different strands here. One is like, there's just so much I want to express like when I was like 16 and exploring light language for the first time it helped me so much to be able to express things that I was otherwise not able to to bring through because the, the there's just so much that can come through at the same time and the encryption but our words and our languages are so limiting in some way and yeah so this is one thing of kind, kind of like trying to squeeze in more into one moment and the other thing is as well, at least in my case, maybe it resonates with you, um, to feel like as a kid that everyone wants to speak and no one feels heard. And you kind of have to speak fast that you can say something. Kind of this like, um, I, I wouldn't call it a trauma response, but it's like this part of like, there's not enough space or there's not enough like space for me. And yeah, I feel it's, it's good to meet in the middle of both of these um, strands. Mm, I remember you did bring that up one time during the trip and and I had to observe that too it's like yeah yeah pay attention to like not interrupt and stuff and I and I you know sometimes I'm like oh I catch myself I'm like oh and I have to excuse myself because yes it's like you said when you're little especially I don't know if you have like a big family but... yeah I have uh, several siblings and yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and you? yeah well I have 
two two other sisters but my my like my extended family I guess you call it like uncles and aunts and we just a lot of people so whenever there's like family gatherings and uh and stuff like that or birthdays or whatnot it's like yeah everybody's talking and and uh and even in school you know still like it's you're in, in environments where you don't feel heard it's like you were saying right so that happened to me a lot as well and and yeah, so we want to have that that moment. I was like, okay, I would, this is my time to say everything. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> Ricky, what did you want to say before? Yeah, I was gonna share um, a memory that came by. It was um, whenever I was in like high school whenever we graduated um, seventh grade or something like that, I remember they, they gave me this, <laughs> they gave every, every kid an award for something that they, that they do very well. <laughs> and mine was um, making weird noises. <laughs> um, and whenever you were talking, Kale and Viviana about your, your throat chakra, I was like, hmm, interesting contrast. And this memory came in and I was like, that is so funny, you know, at least for me, you know, this crazy, you know, authentic kid doing all sorts of whatever noises that nobody has heard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, but at least you, you felt comfortable expressing yourself and everything. I didn't really care. Like mm. I was doing my, you know, that was part of myself. That was, you know, like my, I would say, um, I don't know, that was just being me, just yeah. I don't know. I wasn't even trying to be funny or weird. It was just impulses that just came. I was like, ah, and did some some weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> you got an award for that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was an award for this girl in our class was like three times a day took baths just to wash her hair and her hair was like silky smooth and she got an award for that. So it was, <laughs> it, was it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I was going to talk about how after that whole experience, like right after that whole experience i like started to get a fever and i started to like purge like a lot of stuff and <clears throat> it was it was cool to me to experience it because all of a sudden like i'm the only boy or man in the group and you're all like girls and females and i'm like <laughs> what did you say Shell? you said did you say girls and females like who's the girls who's the females well i'm just uh, tagging back into what i just said like boys and men um <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting to me that i just got sick and i was like i mean i wasn't sick i wasn't debilitated like i couldn't do anything but it was just this like extreme fever and like warmth in my body like the purging like a uh, you know burning stuff and i remember just like you know we had that conversation about the mother energy and like the the child you and your and your daughter and then all of a sudden it's like all of you girls are like hey you need anything kind of like mommying me um but not in a bad way um that's so you know, true yeah yeah i felt i felt supported and and cared by you know and saved uh, so for me it was it was a cool experience to not have met you guys and all of a sudden be in a situation that I obviously I could cook for myself obviously I could you know make my own tea and stuff like that but since you girls were there it was like hey do you need anything or this that and the other and I was like okay that's this is nice I like this um 
You're, yeah. you're like the sirientas, your servants. Like no, no. I was seeing it more like uh, loving, like nurturing mommy energy. Of and, course, uh, yeah. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Giving him onion tea. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a nice tea. Oh my god! <laughs> onions, onions, <laughs> garlic, and what? What was the other thing? Um, I don't remember. Ginger? I don't know. But actually, I was yeah, su maybe. suggesting that you put the onion on your ears, but that was not like pleasing, right? <laughs> my ears? I never heard that. Yeah, this is like good for the ear pain. And then you oh, were yeah, asking yeah. me about how to warm it up, and then you were making a tea. So yeah, you're yeah. kind of, yeah, that's something that happened quite often. I feel we were kind of like picking up uh, each other's inspiration, but yeah, making it on our own way. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just love how everybody had a solution to something. You know, it's like, oh, 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 you have this. Oh, here's that, and then you know, everybody would like chip in in a way, uh, and th that's cool, right? That we could put our our superpowers or our knowledge together, or just or just maybe our humor once in a while. You know, it depended on what was needed. We we had it; it was available for us. Yeah. It was always available. Um, yeah. Even I had moments in which, of course, it was it was a big apartment and actually a very beautiful apartment, the one we we rented, and we kind of had conversations all together, and then we're swapping, and maybe it was two two of us having a conversation, and we're just interchanging that like that. And I remember I was talking to Isha, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out. I'm missing out. Viviana and, and Ricky, they are debunking this mystery of the universe. And I'm <laughs> missing out. <laughs> and then, and then I, would, I would turn around. It's like, no, no, no. I'm here. I'm in the present. I'm just having this conversation with Isha. And then Isha was sharing something. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I was like, so like in it in the experience and then suddenly i would say something and the show would turn around like you're exactly talking about the exact same thing they're talking about it's like oh really yes <laughs> and this feeling was everywhere like Ichelle, she insisted to buy this uh, belgian chocolate it was belgian chocolate no <laughs> it was yeah belgian. in holland in netherlands but it was belgian chocolate oh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I want to have this chocolate. She came with this beautiful blue silver, I think it was like silver box inside with this like very cute little chocolates. And um, for whatever reason, I had this um, dark chocolate with sea salt and almonds that for sure I got to the point and I think we all got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't bear the chocolate anymore. <laughs> I think I went a little bit over the top and at some point I, I remember tasting um, one of those chocolates and it was incredible and I remember that again I was like very fussy about and it's like oh why do we need the chocolate we have chocolate outside like why would you go to this like fancy place you have to walk in the cold all the way there to buy this chocolate whatever whatever and then I have this piece of chocolate and I was like oh my gosh this is freaking exquisite <laughs> it was one of and this funny thing is that I worked in a Belgian chocolate shop in the UK for oh, yeah. two months so I was having so many of these chocolates and I couldn't fathom like how Belgian chocolate could ever 
kind of surprised me. That's why I'm saying like it was a very interesting experience that I didn't have any expectations, but at the same time, a lot of things kind of um, surprised me in in many in in very unexpected ways, like the pizza, pizza that kind of thing. Yeah. And for me, all these these moments, like having a conversation with you through the window, and on the other side, I was going to Viviana and Ricky. We're outside getting some air um and it was really in this like moment it was just a moment in which that feeling was just so present and it was almost like it was coming through in a manifest form and for me that was what it came to me in that space it was that in a way that feeling the way i feel it is connection like if i had to comprise it in one human word for me that is connection and that connection could be with anything because everything is part of one everything is part of what i call the source so this eternal source perpetually creates and perpetually sending the streams of consciousness in form of these feelings i feel like in this reality here it, it kind of down steps and materializes in this glimpses of source and it could be looking at a flower or smelling a flower or the taste of unexpected taste of chocolate or a hug or that that feeling of harmony within a group or music the way i was hearing the music and the way music makes me feel or the way i feel when i'm dancing the way a certain fabric makes my skin feel all of these things for me at the end of the trip it was like oh wow these are all anchors they're all points that i can utilize to remember my connection to source yeah. and through these bits of and moments and bits and bobs of experiences because there are so many and sometimes so tiny and sometimes can be imperceptible imperceptible but if they are if i'm paying enough attention and i i feel them and i see them and i experience them over and over and over again it's almost like i'm enforcing and almost like recreating this connection to source and it feels like i also feel myself because i become aware of myself i become aware of who am i and where i am and i'm living in this body and the way i move and the way i talk so it was very interconnected experience and at the end of the whole trip when i was looking back it, it felt like it was a, like a thread and this thread was this feeling that was coming in all sorts of situations in all sorts of ways and then at the end i was looking back and like oh my gosh here it is it was there the whole time yeah wow exactly and yeah this so this expands a little bit on that that post that i uh that video that i edited with that part where you were saying it's like 
it's interesting how I think it was something along the lines of um, how source uh, uses concepts to also get out of this reality, like to bring you like, like to say, okay, don't get too stuck in this, you know, the, the concepts here. Uh, there's also this feeling, right? Something along those lines. I was saying that sometimes, um, sometimes I cannot compute when I hear a lot of concepts. When I hear a lot of concepts, my consciousness cannot compute because it just knows vibration. It just knows uh, frequency, it just knows vibration, oscillation, and like the way they weave together. And sometimes I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot grasp the concept. And then I kind of felt into it. And it's almost like, oh, but actually I do love concepts because I love concepts. Concepts make me, help me understand certain things. But at the same time, the trick is not to get caught up in the concept and actually use the concept or use a specific perception to get myself out of the concept itself. Because this whole reality is based on concepts, like we, like society agreed on certain things like the culture that Ricky was saying at the beginning, whatever society was fed up, fed with, created the reality. So I'm using concepts to understand reality just enough to be able to use the concept to get my consciousness out of it. So yeah. it's kind of like, it, it kind of like, not it's not helping me, but then if I understand it, then it helped it actually the concept itself helps me to get out of the trap itself yeah so a concept could be for example that chocolate right and it's like oh this is a chocolate but and then you eat it and then it's like oh this experience is it's like that that you're you're it's kind of reminding you of the feeling yeah i would say like also like i don't know if you have you know whenever your grandma whenever you were a little kid used to cook this stuff and all of a sudden some random person that just met mentions the same dish that she used to do. And all of a sudden you get this feeling out of the words or the concept that that person is describing. And then all of a sudden it takes you back to the past and into a memory, right? So if you link the concepts to the actual feeling and you go deep within it, beyond the description of, of that label, you get to unlock a lot of memory. So like whenever I started, going into you know trying to figure out this whole matrix and stuff i used to just follow symbols i didn't follow words i didn't follow ideas i didn't follow religion i didn't follow any of that i just followed the symbol and through the symbol i was able to access the the information yeah. um, which is basically a memory which is basically a feeling basic you know it's part of the whole concept of of the awareness basically yeah. Are you speaking about like the geomancies, for example, right? Yeah, in general, like whenever I figured out that, you know, the flower of life was a complete uh, trap, I was meditating on top of the flower of life. And I was like, like after that whole meditation, the only thing in my head was the purpose of all this is escaping the flower of life. And I'm like looking at my feet and the flower of life is right there. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, what's going on? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but it all came through through meditating so deeply that I lost a sense of, of, of the attachment to the body and to this thing. And I remember coming back into the body and just having that 
consciously and it was more like a you know it was words but it had a feeling that feeling unpacked into a lot of the words that kilantic science describes and that's why you know i'm not attached to kilantic science or the teacher or any of that but like the concepts help me put words on what i feel and that's why i i kind of resonate with the information to a degree because it does give me a way to express and be heard and also share um, the same feeling that other people might be sharing through the language or the tonal of of what we feel you know because you know at, at, at a certain point we can just communicate through feelings right because mm -hmm. if, if i feel you're getting pissed off like i'm gonna know to change what i'm doing or try to figure out how or why you're feeling mad you know it's like um i remember i was with a friend we were we just got out of um surfing and um he was riding a co uh, co-pilot and we were passing by a cow and my friend is like uh, uh, saying some like some stupid shit to the cow in spanish and as soon as he did that i just felt the cow go like oh no you're not you know like the cow got angry and it like squared up like it was gonna ram my truck and i was like bro did you see what happened he's like no and i'm like apologize to the fucking cow like, oh. he's like he's like why i'm like dude look at it right now and he's like oh shit it looks like it's angry i'm like yeah no shit just say <laughs> something you know and do you think i don't know if the cow understands spanish right but it definitely felt like you know he, you know he was um disrespecting it or something mm -hmm. so i was able to sense the cow's feeling it's energetic composure towards what my friend just said so most of the communication language is, is through energy, right? And we can say sound, light, uh, or feeling or emotions and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, concepts, like you were saying, can bind us to attach to a specific idea or thing, and it binds us to the reality of that. But as you understand the concept, concepts are, are used to, in the real sense of it, are used to evolve you. And there is, you know, practice and stuff like that is used to cultivate specific feelings and specific realizations like realization is a feeling like whenever you like realize something it's like <gasps> you have this like rush of neurotransmitters or whatever is moving through your body and i was like aha i understand you know and, and it's it's a whole feeling that's behind all the concepts or words that you're using to put it in context for either yourself or your brain to understand it or your mental body, but also for you to express it to other people or, or beings. Mm -hmm. So behind the concepts is the, is a feeling. And if you detach from the concept and you use the feeling to elevate yourself, then you actually can use the concepts to unbind yourself. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can use, you, I can say some weird Illuminati sacrificial ritual or something like that. And people are going to be like, uh, blood, or they're going to have all these feelings, right? From, from, from that image or from what I'm saying. So it's kind of the same thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I can definitely agree with you on the, the whole like how to explain all these concepts right that we kind of just know it's kind of there are certain yeah teachings or uh, or books that you can read etc but 
Uh, I also you know, want to add that they, they all carry these filters, right, of the person who's bringing it in as, as well. So yeah, for anybody listening and that's maybe new to this information, like the KS, Kalantic Sciences, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. But, you know, always be aware that there's, yeah, there's there's the filters and um, and whatnot and everything. Uh, yeah, just use it as, as like Ricky was saying, something that helps you explain things, but don't get attached to any of the information or the concepts. Uh, always go back to how, how do you feel about it, right? What's that feeling? Yeah, how, what's, yeah, what's going on within you? I don't know. Yeah, anybody... You know, uh, if you like, if you want to see it in a different way, like whenever you're investigating something and you, whenever you're kind of like try to figure out if this is true or what, how, how true it is, like I found, at least for myself, in a way you could call it intuition, but I used to try to lay empty and see what type of feeling that used to cultivate whenever she said it or whenever he said it, right? It's, and it's not, I didn't go behind, like I didn't go chasing the word or the definition or how the word was constructed in a sentence and what it said. I used to go for, or I still do that, but um, how it felt for me whenever such and such said it beyond the filter of who's saying it and how they're saying it. And, be, and, and in that feeling, you're going to find that your intuition is going to tell you no, yes, or maybe, and the different degrees of how it could be. Um, in my experience, that's how I like I try to figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah, and always, yeah, always pay attention to, to that intuition, because regardless of if you're right or wrong, whatever, that, that's not important. What's important is that it's leading you towards something that you're going to work on, right? And then maybe later you'll be like, oh, maybe actually now, now I don't resonate much with that anymore, or that person or whatnot. But still go for that if it feels good in the moment what am I going to learn here and then maybe later you'll discover a new thing right that might be even better than that or whatnot but you're going to learn how to refine the the intuition that's something that we work towards right we're a lot of us are naturally very intuitive some of us like I said before have to still work on trusting that because we're like oh should I trust this and then we make a decision that wasn't actually aligned because we didn't trust that intuition right so that that's also a thing and then other people might have to work on refining that, but but still, the only way you're going to do that is is you know go for it, do things, right? Explore, be curious. Experience through feeling. Yes, I like that. Hmm. Let's see if there's anything else that needs to come through right now. If you guys want to say anything, just go ahead. Um. Who's giggling? I am. Your face is like. Okay, it's your guys' turn to talk now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm like, uh, I was trying to like see if there's anything like that that's you know that needs to be said, and I was like, uh, did I hear that in my head, or was that actually something happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did not. Uh, your the voice completely changed. Uh, Georgie's voice. Go ahead. Go ahead, Georgie. Um, I was. It just came to me really clearly the image that was on the um, on the wall at Mahara remember when we did this ecstatic dance an ecstatic dance it was um in the afternoon at 12 uh, 2 30 on the Sunday mm, yes yeah so that was we stayed at a hotel my granny's midst of the yeah. day yeah and we went in the middle of the day 
and it was a very interesting experience because we had to use headphones it was not just loud music in in a venue or whatever uh, we had to use headphones and the headphones they are really low volume like it was definitely not loud enough for me to really allow myself to drop into that space so regardless um it was really interesting how the energies were moving and still weaving and still co-creating and i remember the name of the place called mahara and then i looked on the window and it's either you Michelle, or charlotte i don't know exactly who was like georgie look at this and it was this um beautiful big metallic uh, lotus of eternal life on the wall and i took a photo of it and at the and end that was me. <laughs> It was you. Okay. Okay. It was somebody. Oh. <laughs> but you yeah, you pointed the the eternal life lotus and at the end and at the beginning of the ecstatic dance, I bought and Viviana also we got a little bit crazy over this blue lotus. They had blue lotus essential oil, blue lotus. Um flowers for the tea and uh some sort of like extract essence extract and i was like going crazy i'm like oh my gosh it was, it was super good quality like super good stuff and all these little signs and synchronicities and at the end we were talking about where we're gonna go to eat <laughs> yeah it was like where are we gonna go next to have dinner and i was wondering like whoa isn't interesting this place is called Mahara and they have the eternal lotus um, on the wall. What if they have anything to do with the specific body of knowledge? Um, but it was nobody to answer that question. And few days after, or it must have been last week, yeah, two, three weeks after, um, Renee confirmed to me that actually the owner from that space does study the kilometer mechanics but anyhow like the whole point was that again it was this feeling weaving in and it was this intuitive knowing that followed us um all the time and especially even when we went to to have food or no it was not that one we were looking for a food place. I, I cannot remember what it was, but we're walking to, on the street and then we said like, no, we, we should go back. And we decided to keep exploring, but we were going like further and further away. But eventually we decided we found a way to go back. And it was all about listening to the subtle um, signals of our intuition and those initial like as Isha said like that the initial feeling um most times is accurate but sometimes it can be very very subtle and it can be quickly overwritten by by different concepts or the, the mental body or whatever might be um so yeah it was really interesting to observe how that very subtle thread of intuition was always there but we needed to be in present enough and probably attentive enough to to pick it up and follow it yeah that's, that's what exactly what i was saying that um i try to keep my mental body and my emotional body out of that feeling 
because it those two can play tricks on each other and on the feeling can obscure it and if you're you know if you're basing your your observations and merely how that person is talking or how that person looks and stuff like that that can also be a biased decision to mislead you or or guide you to the correct place you know but um yeah it's very important to be very centered whenever wine is analyzing or trying to like follow with that intuition like it show a saying discernment yeah absolutely yeah I was just thinking uh, of you know the, the moments where I've I've said to myself oh yeah this is it you know and then uh all of a sudden a few months later oh okay it wasn't it and then you get disappointed and it's like well can I really trust myself but then I look back and I'm like well you know what I did learn a lot of things from this experience and I got a few things that I'm still going to keep with me and that I maybe like the philosophy behind a certain person or teaching or whatnot it's all adding to that toolbox that will be useful later on when you're building something bigger you know it's like you're adding things on it's never about like oh I I have to leave this behind and start from zero there's no starting from scratch ever that's something that someone told me once and I forget who it was so sorry I can't quote you on that but somebody <laughs> said there's never a starting from zero because I was complaining I was saying I have to start from zero again like I thought that this was it and you know I thought that, that I would get something good from what I was doing and over and over try again try again until that thing that that really brings you joy that really sparks you it will come. The thing is, you also have to realize that you're not even enjoying the journey because you're so worried about finding that big thing, uh, which is something that I also had to, you know, come, it had to come into my awareness that I was constantly looking for this big thing. Mm -hmm. And somebody once told me, well, what if the big thing is you, you know, and why are you looking for something outside of yourself kind of all the time, right? We're always doing that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. So anyway, just to share what the thoughts that were coming through as you guys were, were speaking, but keep trusting that, right? Like, even though you make mistakes, there's no mistakes, only lessons as people say, right? So. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when we are refusing mistakes to ourselves by refusing those potential mistakes, we're actually refusing the things we could have discovered and the things we could have explored in a way that would have bring even more awareness more consciousness more creativity more connection so yeah it's a very it's a very interesting thing how we do block this co-creative process with life itself with source itself with the, the quantum field itself by being afraid that if I'm not showing myself or if I'm showing myself in this way, maybe that's what is required or um, I'm going to be careful with this until I'm gonna get a specific exact sign that this is right or wrong or whatever, or it might be those things like, oh, I don't really feel like jumping into this new business or whatever because if if i'm making a mistake but um i believe that the 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 new ones here the subtlety is to give enough incubation space so it's not about jumping headfirst um but it's not it's not about worrying or withholding or 
being afraid that I'm going to start from zero again, or I've, I've lost all that I invested in a specific area in my life, there's always this refinement process. Like there, there are almost like two threads happening. One is uh, what needs to die that is doesn't serve anymore. Like what needs to be let go because that's almost too dense for this new version, but th this new version is actually deeper towards the core. It's not that it's somebody else, it's it's me, for example, but I'm going deeper into my core. So there are different aspects of myself that have to be let go. And then while this transition is happening, yes, it's wise to kind of um, pace things and kind of like stay in an incubator um so the the system calibrates properly but at the same time it's always um beautiful to to take that ne next step and to have this faith and this this belief that the next step is still whatever step is required to go into my core even deeper Say la vive. Make sure you're muted. I know. <laughs> I was just waiting to see if anybody else wanted to talk. Did you say c'est la vie? I did. I was calling Viviana out. <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening. I'm just, uh, yeah, telepathically commenting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did hear your like, telepathic message. No, but it really ties into what George just shared. And it's kind of like, I feel already this hibernation zone started with me a bit, you know? Like, yeah, right now, like with the winter solstice and like however you want to call this portal or if you see it as something distorted or not, I definitely feel this pull inwards and just, um, yeah, like a bear. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> you know what? Can I tell you what I felt from you? Like just now when we were talking about this, huh? I don't know if you want to talk about this. If not, that's okay. But the whole access thing, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel this is a long story. <laughs> but we can come to the, we can come to the conclusion maybe of like, um, it's, it's, it was kind of, we were examining a modality together, which is something I really like because we were kind of like, have the same way of discerning things and the same um yeah standard of like allowing something in our hologram or not you know if it's not aligned with eternal mechanics and with eternal god source and yeah so it was basically about this tool which was kind of like something a mixture of different modalities of kind of like body work and um nervous system regulation but also belief work and subconscious work and yeah, so we were kind of using this and some people in the group started to use it. And I just, um, after some time, I just saw what it did with my consciousness. And I realized that it's not a tool that is kind of a, the problem. It was more how my consciousness was using it as a way of kind of, or could use it as a way of bypassing to just feel my feelings. And yeah, so we discussed this and it was really beautiful to see how um, we are all open to reassess things and how we're not like stuck in our beliefs or stuck in our attachments to things and yeah it's something that can actually be generalized to see that no matter what modality or what system you're interacting with also chaotic science it's always about your consciousness and what you do with it and how you allow it to either bring you closer to source or bring you further away and distract you 
And yeah, what I took from this experience was just to see that mm, no matter what I'm excited about or what I feel like is serving me, the first thing is always my connection to source and to remember the truth and to remember who I truly am. And then maybe some tools I, I are obsolete or I don't need, but they just have the second priority kind of. It's not like my first go-to and kind of bypassing going back home to source for anything. Yeah, that's maybe how I can sum it up right now. Yeah, that, that's that's great. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, bringing it back to, yes, always uh, see things as as tools for your journey and, uh, but don't get attached to the concepts, right? That's that's where the, the phase locking occurs, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and the whole thing about the, what was it? Apple banana pancake. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny because in this modality, you use certain statements of, for clearing things. And I just felt like, yeah, like somehow someone, I don't know, pre-programmed this specific type of sentence in a way, you know, like when we're talking, we're spelling, it's like, we're always affirming something and our words are really powerful. And um, yeah, just got this layer of, of this um, modality for myself and saw, saw it more clear that basically I could just say, what was it? Yeah, apple, apple banana, banana pancake or something. And it could have the same effect because it's just really about my meaning that I give to it. And it's about the permission slip of just allowing myself to soften around something or release something or clear something. So we, yeah, we had some apple banana pancake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That brought us to, to the topic of like uh, the placebo effect and all, you know, it's like when you you're healing because you, you're, you believe it works and also because you want to heal, you know, you've got to want to heal first of all, and also have that belief that whatever you're, you're taking is actually helping you. So there's a lot of things, you know, and of course we can also maybe talk about um, uh, eternal law and, you know, the mechanics and all that, and all the, the things that are also ingrained in the collective consciousness, which sometimes, you know, we do certain things or certain things affect us in a certain way because it's in the collective not necessarily because we believe in it or not I don't know that's a topic that I'm kind of exploring right now or thinking about a lot is like there are some things that we just don't really have that much control over but it's because those concepts have have been ingrained in the in the collective consciousness I don't know any thoughts on that (laughs) yeah what what came to me was was something else is almost like what Viviana was sharing is this refining stage like when anybody gets to a technique or uh, I don't know a specific way of healing or a specific thing specific thing that um, a friend is recommending it's very very important to go into it with discernment and awareness and not to be overly excited as a like oh wow this is so cool like i used to do this all the time like this is so cool and because my friend is doing it that i'm valuing and i'm i'm seeing um i'm i'm kind of having admiration towards or a respect in a specific way um is almost automatically endorsing something and then i will take it automatically into my consciousness into my field without um, second guessing. And at the same time, there's the other extreme where people are a little bit paranoid and they start to kind of like Google all sorts of things. Is this good for you? Should I take magnesium? It's gonna do me well or whatever. 
So what I personally got to know with time is that um, I is is the best for me personally to take time to explore a certain method or a certain technique or a certain ideology or whatever might be and really feel we go back to the feeling like really feel what is that about and is it something that expands my consciousness and if it does like is giving me the hype because if the hype is there is not necessarily a good thing if it gives me like oh wow this is so cool and uh this astral bliss or whatever um and at the same time is very is very important to have this incubation time in which I'm kind of like taking it step by step and I start to apply a little bit, but without throwing myself completely in it. And I, I apply a little bit and I see, oh, let's see if this, like having curiosity, not fully endorsing it and not fully like dismissing it. But at the same time, for whatever reason, it came to me like this, this uh, collective, like how certain things are ingrained in, in the collective and whatever came to me was shilajit. Like, you know, when people get, want to do, want to feel better, they, they go on and take shilajit and shilajit is my, is right? like the, the, is the mineral, it's like a mineral paste. Oh, I had no it's idea. like ancient resin or mud kind of thing, right, Georgie? Uh, like exactly. It's like a, a mineral rich um, mud kind of thing. Yeah, resin. And a lot of people are taking this worldwide and it's like it, it went off the charts. Um, but it's actually that thing that it's um, it's it's a it's a, a 60 buckable um, harness. So, again, um, it's everything that is kind of uh, mainstream and it takes like this like huge proportion it has to be looked at with discernment and certain things yes are applicable and useful and not not, not necessarily uh, anybody should have some worry in regards to those and from my perspective access it is that kind of thing like it is big it takes it, it is like a, a huge thing but I, I I had this conversation with um, with Viviana and um, Shiraj, and we kind of sift through it in a way that allowed us to see beyond um, what is going on. But then on the other side, the collective is kind of like pushing certain things as like shilajit or whatever other things are there. Reiki, you know, for whatever reason, Reiki was in my head earlier as well. So. Mm -hmm. There's this need to take it step by step and and listen to the inner, um, yeah, to the inner environment more than endorsing something just because somebody we like or admire or uh, it looks like it is doing better in life is doing that. So that was my personal lesson. Like I will I will not go into things just because he happened to work for so-and-so or because so-and-so I believe is more intelligent than I am or more mature than I am or wiser than I am and therefore I'm going to take it for granted. I'm giving the time to explore it and really see with discernment and, and test it out to see if it functions but not as a crutch, not as somebody something that kind of like 
uh, helps me move from A to B, it's like it's it's a tool. So it's a it's a very different thing between a tool and a crutch. It's something that I'm I'm using to optimize something or something that I'm dependent on, and in a way, on a very subtle level, I can be even a victim to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you say, that it's it's just about how we relate to things. And also it's so beautiful to be able to bring this discernment together, you know, that no one um, was so attached that we were not able to look at it or dogmatic about something. And yeah, as you say, it's like, it's so subtle at some point, this, this, this discernment points um, where it's really about feeling into our bodies. Does it resonate in my body and how does it feel my heart? And not like, oh yeah, in my mind, this seems like a good idea to, to really get into the body because this is not lying to us. And if we sense some, contraction or even sense nothing about something maybe it's not for us maybe someone else is really in that moment of receiving a lot for that but we can we can find something that is more aligned for us and for me it was just this moment of feeling like yeah it, it just somehow became a distraction for me and and the way of like bypassing looking deeper at the feelings and just being with them and yeah it, it was actually beautiful and reveling of just realizing I don't need anything else than source like <laughs> I mean I can use use tools I can um, use methods and everything um, but I'm not using them from the place of feeling I need that to get better or something and this is of course a long way to come there and it's also um, great to remind each other of, of that truth yeah yeah it was really beautiful and thanks to your the points you brought up and say like let's look at these things um i was having an experience yesterday when something really kind of like let, let's say trigger me or bother me or whatever and then uh, i went into using a certain tool and i was like mm, wait a minute like am i really diffusing the situation i'm i'm, I'm am i using this to discharge that energy um, or I'm actually bypassing. And what I noticed, it was that it was very helpful to remove the, to dissolve the charge, but then I had to sit with the situation. I had to sit with myself. I had to look at what was actually upsetting or bothering me. So it was, it was this beautiful reminder that you were pointing how certain things can become bypassing and then it put me in this space of like okay i'm applying this tool but let me see if i get into the into bypassing or i know and i i perceive the subtle um boundary in a way and then i just use it to to process something to a point where it's not overwhelming anymore. And then from that point on, I still go into what it is and be with it and sit with it and and work through it um, in the way we know it's it's uh, mostly suitable. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad this topic came up because it has been a lot in my field lately, the 
the whole like a shadow work bypassing and I do see a lot of that going on and of course I've done it too uh we've all been there and so yeah I think it, it's it's a very good thing that we're bringing up this topic the four of us because it's it's cool when I you know go and say things but it's nice to have that like confirmation coming from you guys and for everybody tuning in so yeah um really yeah pay attention to to that you know you, you don't want to bypass your feelings um and uh Ricky I know you took a little break so welcome back and <laughs> I wanted to I think while you were gone is when I asked um what you guys thought about like this this is what I've been thinking about it's like um yes we have maybe the power to to change certain certain things um and we were even talking about this uh in Amsterdam as well um, but to what extent is like, for example, the, the things that are really, really ingrained in the collective consciousness, the concepts, you know, some of them, it feels like sometimes they're they're just maybe affecting us in, in a certain way because of the fact that certain people have thought that, you know, like, well, let me put a specific example. Let's say the, the other day I was thinking about, well, why is it, for example, that um, let's say somebody wants to get really buff, right, and goes to the gym, and it's like, and, and they eat a ton of protein and stuff, and that's, that's, I, for me, it's like, well, but I've seen other people not, not eat that much protein, and they, they're still, they still look really strong, and it's like, how does that work, right, is it because everybody's different, or is it because, you know, that, that certain concept was so, so ingrained in the collective consciousness of that now everybody thinks that they need protein to, you know, get buff, and so it does, it happens because of that, um, to what extent do we have that power to change things in, in other words, you know? I kind of see it as software and hardware, right? Mm -hmm. Both can be changed. It's just a matter of how you change it. Because like, you know, there's a lot of people into the new age movement, right? Which we all, well, not everybody knows it's part of the central intelligence uh, psyop. And for people to break free from that after what, like a hundred years kind of programming in a way, um, to kind of start looking somewhere else, you could see that there's a power to change there. But it depends on, on, on that consciousness ability to ask questions and get uh, coherent answers, you know, because you can ask a question and completely ex want to expect an, a specific answer and therefore you're attaching to an outcome it's like a computer program also you know like there's implants there's ways to taking the implants out there's software there's ways to deleting the software you can delete it from your desktop but you have to uninstall the application and you know there's there's i would say there's layers to that without getting very technical um, but we do have the power to do that, but we need dedication, focus, commitment, and all those attitudes to, to be able to um, correct or make a change in whichever aspect. Also, there's a lot of people that, um, that attach to the collective suffering or to the collective programming, and therefore they're, it's a little bit harder for them to to move maybe from that space. So like, for example, um, you know, there's the astrology paradigm. Um, and I, I'll say this because it was my experience. I remember doing a meditation one day after a couple you know, months of just straight meditation. 
And all of a sudden I'm like, again, like I came out of the meditation and it's like, oh, what is this concept of astrology? And like, I was talking to myself, but the part of myself that was talking was not the fully embodied consciousness. And basically it was saying, you know, you've connected to me in the sense of like my, my bigger aspect of myself, like my complete self in some way. And that part of me is much bigger than any concept of planetary bodies that can affect the imprint of your birth and therefore command how you um, resolve or, or do things in life. And after that day, like I, like, it was so strange that I had like met people that whole month that were like, Oh, what's your astrology? What's your astrology? And every time that I told them, you know, my birth month and stuff, they were like, you don't behave like that. You have more characteristics like this or this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of like proving, you know, what I had um, tapped into in that meditation. So, you know, and also you can use astrology to unbind yourself from those archetypes or those patterns that would rule your sun sign or, or whatever. You know, you can use that to unplug yourself from that. So, you know, there's many ways that you can do different things in regards to what we could call software programming or hardware programming in the sense of what you asked, in, in my opinion. Mm. Okay, yeah. So the, there are some things that are a little bit more, maybe uh, take a longer time to, to deprogram. And also, especially because a lot of people are, are believing that right that's kind of the way i see it you know it's like the more people believe in something the more ingrained it is the more difficult it is to to deprogram it from from our experiences and it just kind of happens you know you eat protein and yeah you get you get more muscle you know it's like it just happens you don't have to really believe in it because it's already in the collective consciousness that's kind of what i was thinking and it's like well and but we do have the the capability of changing those things and i guess the more people focus on on changing a specific thing the easier it gets to change that right yeah also like if you if you look at the perspective of tell me what in spanish they say dime con quien andas y te digo quien eres so tell me with who you hang with and i'll tell you who you are right so that's a collective body in a sense defining one individual so if you attach a specific idea topic you know whatever you're going to predispose yourself to possibly act in those ways or maybe figure out that you shouldn't be acting in those ways so it depends on your perspective and, and your attention and focus to all that um as well as you know um if you go from the trauma paradigm you can be a people pleaser and by being a people pleaser based on what makes someone a people pleaser you can be a people pleaser for the collective consciousness of falling angelic beings that are fucking the planet up you know <laughs> and basically go towards that tangent and it's going to be even more difficult for you because you have to heal your emotional body you have to heal a specific imprint and then heal your direction of things and you you know you have to be brave enough to confront yourself with the proper questions and get actual answers that actually you know you might not want to hear so it's a i think also um it goes into the realm of how deep do you want to know the truth 
like how much of the truth do we really want to know? Because if you're still seeing truth as a burden or as something that can weigh on you, you're not like whether whether you ask your questions or not in the proper way, you're not going to get an answer straightforward with all of it. If you're still thinking that um, the truth is a burden because you're not going to overburden yourself subconsciously by asking a question that you shouldn't receive an answer to or you shouldn't receive the full answer to that question, right? Because it's kind of like, and sometimes, you know, I've done that and sometimes it's, you know, it backfire because it's like, holy shit, you know, it's like my world is falling apart in some way. Um, kind of like with my experience with the flower of life uh, situation on 2018. But, you know, after four months, I was able to resolve that within myself. And I was, you know, I was, I was looking at nature and I just started seeing like programs and shit, like, trees and stuff that I consider organic and natural I was like oh my god this is what's going on and I was totally sober right I wasn't like doing any psychedelics and stuff like that and that was like a daily thing that I was like detaching from the actual concept that that like it's a hologram and depending how you see the hologram it could be mechanical it could be energetical or stuff but it's at the end of the day like how deep do you want that truth to be given to you you have to be able to face it and live with it in a way that it supports you and not brings you down. Obviously, at the beginning, it might bring you down because it's a heavy, you know, it's a heavy realization to what the reality is. But um, yeah, you just, you know, ask the correct questions and be ready for whatever answer to the capacity that you have to hold that truth within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And the, these girls are saying here in the chat that they they were talking about the same saying. Are you guys talking about the one that who you hang with is who you are? Is that is that the one? Yeah, exactly. Georgie was telling this exact thing to me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, somebody was saying, uh, look at like the top four or five people that you talk with the most, and that's kind of yeah who you who you turn into, right? So yeah, really pay attention to to who you're hanging out with, and are they a really good influence in your life? Are they are they helping you advance? Um, and are you both getting something from from your relationship, right? And uh, if that's not the case, then start asking yourself some questions, right? Like, what are you still doing in that relationship, or what is the other person getting from you, or what are you getting from them still? But maybe there's something there too that you that you have to let go of in order to to move forward. That was something that somebody needed to hear right now. So that's why I said that. So, yeah. <laughs> also add to that, see what the value in the exchange is and how much does it add? How much does it take from, from your own self value, right? And, and I would, see. I would, Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. I would say that feels a little bit too transactional for me. It feels like there's a little bit of like soul that is missing. I would rather ask the question, what am I actually co-creating with this person? Like, what is the co-creation? What is the result of our interaction? Is it growth? Is it expansion? Is it, um, is it more consciousness, more awareness, more presence, more joy? Um, so basically, how I see it is, first of all, like questioning what are my values? Like, what do I value within myself? And what what are 
things that I care about as in in terms of virtues I don't even like I probably values is it, it can be interpreted in many ways but what virtues do I want to embody and what virtues do I want to see everywhere around me so the question is what am I what is the co-creation with this with this person with the situation with this job whatever it might be like what is creating and if this creation is aligned with those virtues then yes i i can continue but if not probably the next question would be is there anything else i have to learn from here is is there anything else that i have to see or perceive or understand that will open up the possibility for me to align with those virtues that um, I hold dear to my heart, for example. I feel this is beautiful what you shared. And like what came to my mind is to add something, not like it's like not either or, it's more like it's it's about what we want to co-create and to focus there, but much more than what actually happens because we cannot control how other people want to co-create or not co-create is more to be in in peace with where you are coming from. So it can be that you had the most beautiful intention like in a conversation to appreciate someone, but they just um, yeah have their walls up and it's not getting through, you know what I mean? It's like, for me, it's not about the, um, the outcome so much or I try not to focus there because this leads to suffering basically. And yeah, I realized it's, it's more serving for me if I try to, just make sure that I'm coming from love. I'm coming from the place of integrity where I want to be and how I want to in interact and co-create. And then the co-creation is even more beautiful because there's this openness to, to let allow whatever needs to happen. Mm, yeah, yeah. Thank you for adding that, guys. And and Ricky was saying in the chat, yeah, that's the value. What were you referring to, Ricky, there? Oh, I remember. <laughs> I was, what Georgie interjected um into what i was saying basically she was defining in her own terms what i was sharing about value so like your self-value the other person's self-value what value are you getting from the in interaction and how is that adding or taking mm -hmm. obviously it's a co-creation right because you're in that situation with the other person so you have to be aware that there's two involved so you have to like search within yourself and within what is being reflected to what you can learn what you can what you can unlearn and if you need to stay move assist or or keep co-creating that interaction with that person um and that's kind of like what i was referring towards uh the value but but it was basically what georgie was saying right yeah yeah we do this a lot right like sometimes we use different words but in reality we're talking about the same more or less the same thing and yeah 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 that's kind of what i was going to get at as well but yeah it's 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 better to use yes some words are a little bit better to explain certain certain things so i think it's good that we kind of all said something about this because yeah that, that message needed to to come through for for someone listening or maybe a few people listening so <laughs> yeah thank you guys do you have anything to add I would like to add one thing. Um, it's not that I was not feeling or sensing what Ricky was saying, what it felt transactional for me it was the one specific bit, giving or taking. And he mm -hmm. does have a point with that. However, 
um, this concept of like, what am I taking? Or what am I giving into this? It's still like, um, it feels like there's there's some sort of like a, a way of energy siphoning or like some sort of like uh, energy exchange that doesn't necessarily feel very organic to me. That's why I was kind of like changing it into virtues over values and just looking at the co-creation space because for example if my intention is to co-create something with you Ishelle okay I come into this space of co-creation with my virtues and then I will assess while I go while I move into this co-creation if it aligns so I don't see it as I'm taking something or giving something and but of course maybe if you would have asked me like a couple of months ago I would have had the same words or the same perspective but the perspective shifted a, a tiny bit like there's there's a subtlety in there there's a, like a nuance in there so now I'm seeing like what am I co-creating you know like what is this co-creation reflecting back at, at me is it aligned with my with my values and my virtues if the the answer is yes then I choose if if I want to stay there or not, but I'm not seeing any more I used to, but not not anymore seeing as giving or taking like is this taking something from me because nothing can take away anything from me that I'm not willing to give or if it's not leaking somewhere in my field so eventually it's still my self accountability and self responsibility to be true to myself and see where do I leak leak energy or what am I giving that it's not serving that alignment mm. okay okay yeah um let me think if there's anything else that needs to be said here but um I think we covered uh quite a bit like of topics and, and messages for people I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts or if you want to say a few words uh, to anybody listening out there Shout outs are welcome as well. <laughs> we already gave a shout out to the pizza place in Amsterdam. Pizza place, definitely Liz, Frené, Jess, Amam, that okay. also worked with us in the Netherlands and we had beautiful experiences with them and so much that came through in our conversation, Charlotte. Um, yeah. And I would just circle back to the feeling and finding ways in which this feeling can be constantly or not necessarily constantly because I, I, I don't know for me it's not possible so I can perpetually tap into that but often enough to, to tap into this feeling through awareness through presence and using whatever it might be might look like it's external like maybe it's a fabric or a flower or a cup of tea or a line in a book it is something outside of me but internally i i take it internally and i process it internally in a way that connects me deeper to myself and connects me deeper to what I believe is the greatest connection that we I could experience, which is connection to what created me, like as in source, the eternal source that always creates 
Yeah, beautiful. And thank you so much for bringing up the other people who also shared uh, this experience with us because, you know, we're here because we stayed at the same Airbnb and, you know, we had so many talks and, and all. But yes, of course, I mean, we were eight all together and it was just so magical to to meet up in person and experience these frequencies live. So yeah, I'm still like really hyped about it. And I think about it all the time. It's like that when I want to remember that, that feeling, right? It's like whenever you're feeling like maybe you have a difficult day or something's not going right in your life, just remember back a time when you were actually allowed to be yourself, when you felt like yourself, right? Like there was this moment of just um, just plain happiness, uh, no judgment, and you had this feeling of like, there's like no expectations or just no worries and and just kind of connect to that, you know, in that moment and see how that shifts, it's going to shift your day. So yeah, that, that's my last message for, for you guys. <laughs> Thank you for inviting us to co-create again. It was beautiful to speak with all of you. Yay. Thank, Thank you, Georgie. Thank you, Viviana. Thank you, Viviana. Thank you, Michelle, for inviting us. Of course, this had to happen, you know, and I thought it was so funny how like it, it took a little while to organize and all that. But uh, but, like even the last minute, I thought it wasn't going to happen. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll organize it sometime next year or something. And then Ricky was telling us like how he had this. What happened, Ricky? Something in your meditation. Uh, you heard this voice telling you like, we oh, have yeah, I was I was I was like two days ago. I was like an hour into the meditation and I like heard one thing that kind of like took me out of the meditation state and then I was I was coming back into kind of like opening my eyes I heard something about you have to tell eggshell about the the meeting and I was like oh shit I was in I was in my room and I was like yeah I'm not gonna walk outside right now and like sit on the computer blast my face with blue screen light and then type it on telegram so i was like i'll i'll handle it tomorrow <laughs> but i have forgotten uh, whenever i woke up but uh georgie reminded me yeah thank you georgie this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you <laughs> you're welcome it was it was really good because i i actually asked rick at some point just like why like how do you integrate like what are you actually doing to integrate and like how long does it take you is it like do you set up a time like i'm going to do this integration for like a week or two weeks and it was really interesting because in that conversation he gave me some insights and again you know it's this thing of perception because uh you isha and me was like oh well i we don't need that much time to integrate it's kind of like speedy gonzalez thing <laughs> like boom 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 but at the same time, it's very interesting, like how he drops in and he goes back to certain moments. And if there's more information that could have been downloaded in that space, but something happened, maybe one of us interjected or something came up, like he had to kind of like shelf that process. So he goes back into that specific feeling or moment uh -huh. oh. downloading and then i was meditating before our call and i was like oh my gosh i've been like shopping for christmas all day with my mom you know like all that stuff like fruits and veggies and mom whatever and i need the toilet <laughs> badly <laughs> and then i said like i need to meditate so i was meditating and it's like oh, oh kind of feeling into 
if I have something to say, like there's a particular thing that I remember or recall or whatever. And then I realized that in certain moments, and of course I have the brain, how I have it. And um, I'm still like not fully recovered after my accident, but I could sense and I could understand like how Ricky is processing through his like um, this integration, because that's something I thought I'm not necessarily need, I don't necessarily need, but it would have been actually quite helpful to just take some more time and I go into those places and kind of like anchor better the information and the memory. And it's still like, for me, this was my integration. Mm. Being in this conversation and then this exchange and this co-creation, it helped my integration but it was it was a container that allowed that to come through so i was not necessarily creating that for myself like very thoroughly and anyhow now i'm talking about integration but i was inspired by him and then i i knew how we saw this and then i was kind of like merging the perceptions and the perspectives together and kind of weaving them in a way that is suitable for me that doesn't take four hours of meditation every day for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool though i really like hey, that hey. <laughs> <laughs> everybody no, has their i i'm i do many things whenever i'm meditating um some you know at least for integration of like a whole week especially um that day and some other some of the other information it's not that I need two weeks. Like if I take four days and I just sit and and go into my space and get all the information I could do it in four days. But you were busy. You were busy with yeah, a lot of have, stuff. You know, so yeah. House to clean, patients, clients, this, that, the other. I have <laughs> to kind of like space it out without rushing because if I rush, it's yeah. it's like um, it compacts the information. I can't access it. I have to be relaxed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see what you mean. For me, it was listening to the four and some hour recording over again and taking notes. And like I, I re-listened to certain parts as well. And then that's where the bits and pieces of the videos come from. It's not just one like it's one piece from two out from the two hour mark, another piece from the four hour mark. You know, it's like <laughs> that's the way I integrate. So, like, but I, I use, you know, the pictures and sound and like I, I like to touch and see things you know I'm very like yeah visual and tactile and so yeah I, you know I guess that was my way of integrating it and I did it like when I when I got home <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, sure. for sure yeah and you know I had to I got back home and I started working on the other half of the stuff that I needed to go do in DC right and I went to DC so I and then in DC, there was like an overlapping of more information that I needed to like figure out. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it had to do with some different topic. Like it was completely different to what was going on in the Netherlands. So, you know. The, the, you met Austin too, right? In person as well. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, that's that's going to be a talk for another day. Perhaps we have to tell us more about that because I'm curious. But <laughs> that's going to be like the Ginkgo Biloba podcast. <laughs> yeah i was like walking through the city i'm like oh this this tree is like really pretty it was like calling my attention and i look at the leaves and i'm like oh 
this is ginkgo and i looked it up and i was like oh yeah this is ginkgo and it was all over the freaking city it was like everywhere i was like wow people don't know they have like a miracle like tree right right there wow that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And you were just saying in the chat that uh, maybe people can ask some questions. And yeah, guys, if you have questions, send them to me. I'll probably do a post uh, on, on, on one of the stories or something so people can ask stuff. And, and then we can do another recording sometime whenever you guys are free or, you know, it doesn't have to be all of us either. It can be just one or two of us. It doesn't matter. There's another project that is underway as well that I won't say too much about. But, um, but yeah, that's going to be a space where, you know, I think a lot of people can participate or ask questions. And so I'm really excited Awesome. So this could be uh, um, uh, the pilot or the, the trial or whatever. Hmm. Beta. <laughs> this is the beta test. <laughs> beta test, yeah, exactly. Where people, that, that the ones who are listening, they can ask questions and they can also maybe leave comments or uh, reviews and say, hey, this is the value I got from this episode or this is the value I got from the podcast and that's going to help you kind of like get a better feel of what is the audience like and and kind of like moving towards so yeah. that would be really helpful because uh we can talk we can we can record for I know you guys can talk <laughs> the question is can you take four hours from us? Oh, yeah, that's no problem. Hey, listen, I've been on I, before I for, to practice for podcasting. I was on this app that now I'm like, I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but it's called Stereo. And um, yeah, it got a little, yeah, it got a little to be too much, like just, uh, just a bunch of energies and like people, like a lot, a lot of siphoning for sure in there. But I've I had conversations of like up to six hours. And yeah. it was like, I was like up all night sometimes. And that's where it turned into something that was more like siphoning my energy. I was literally there every single day. That was good practice, you know, but. <laughs> I remember that was last year in the summer. Oh yeah. And no, well, I did go back into it, but saying, Hey, I'm going to, you know, just do talks here and there. And I did that, but it still felt a little weird. So I stopped, but that was like in two, 2020, I think when I, yeah, when I downloaded it. Oh, it was 2021. Oh, maybe it was 2020, but you went back in 2021 went... and you were sharing with me the vibes. Yes. Yes. I remember. <laughs> and I told you, Hey, come with me. And, and, yeah. come. <laughs> and I, I ended up leaving after a little while again, like this is the same stuff. <laughs> it would improve. But <laughs> yeah no but uh but yeah anyways the length I mean I I think it, this is a good length you know some people will actually listen to a four-hour recording but <laughs> I think I could you know, that would to is fine huh we can press pause and come back right yeah you can save it for another day right so <laughs> in any case thank you guys for for listening if you're still here then then yeah obviously this information is for you and um and yeah, so if you have questions, like uh, Ricky was saying, please do send them to me and I'll plan for, for another episode. And let me see, do you guys have anything else that you want to add before we say until next time? I'm grateful for being here, for sharing the space with you, with mm -hmm. all of you in, in Netherlands. And today, again, it was such beautiful re-experience in a way so um yeah the co-creation continues yeah thank you uh, anybody else want to say anything
I think we're in hibernation mode now. That's great. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting to see if Vienna talked. You received it. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I, also really, I, really grateful and looking forward to the next time we're going to talk like this. Yay. Thank you. All righty. <laughs> That's the great way to end the podcast. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. See you on the next one. <laughs> Lovely. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>